So yes, this is one of those things I don't enjoy doing, and that's um, talking about selling something or promoting something. But here I am. Um, I do have a book that I have released in the last few weeks um, that is part Lenten devotional, uh, part meditation or memoir on the death of my father, and and a lot about how our images or ideas about God change over time, and especially after going through an, a difficult experience. Uh, if any of that sounds like something you might be interested in, check out Unless a Grain of Wheat Falls, A Dying Father, A Changing Son, and A Lenten Journey. Uh, you can find it on Amazon.com. Um, if you happen to be local to me, you can hit me up, and I probably have some paperback copies that I could hand to you as well. Concrete, specific praise works best. It's part of an occasional series about phrases that this therapist finds himself repeating often. So as a clinician in private practice, one of the phrases that I frequently hear myself saying to parents is, concrete, specific praise works best. This usually follows a parent who is bringing in a child who presents with anger, anxiety, or sadness. The child in question usually makes statements such as, I always mess up, I can't do anything right, or I'm stupid. To which the parents respond, I don't know what is going on. We praise them all the time, all the time we are telling them how smart and wonderful and talented they are. And then a pause and say, let me tell you about some interesting research. So yes, praise is good. Children care about what the adults in their lives think about them. One of the ways in which they make sense of their world and their ability to make their way in that world is what we tell them. Especially in the early years, they believe what we say. So if we tell them that they are the cutest, smartest kid out there, they believe us. But what we are actually trying to communicate to our child is that we love them, not that they are the best child in the world ever. Telling our child we love them is true. Telling them that they are the best child ever is a lie. Self-esteem is way overrated. The term self-esteem gets used and overused. Self-esteem simplified is our feeling about ourselves based on external praise. So therefore, self-esteem is malleable. It changes. Self-esteem is based on your internal feelings about yourself, based on someone else's external appraisal. So what if you've told your child that they are the smartest, best, fastest, and someone else makes a better grade? or turns in a better project, or finishes the race ahead of your child. Well, if your child believed you, then now they think that they are a fraud, or that you are a liar, or both. Another concept is self-efficacy. Now, self-efficacy is self-worth based on what you have measurably achieved. Self-efficacy is not based on what someone felt about you, but on efforts that you can see, touch, feel, smell, and or taste. Self-efficacy emphasizes choice and consequences for your choices. 
Ability is not some sort of innate, immutable quality, but something that requires effort, progress, and choice. So these might be children that say, I was able to run a whole mile, or I built the entire Lego set by myself without help. So instead, praise effort and progress. So building a child's self-efficacy is not about praising who they are, but about what they do. This begins to tap into their own internal locus of control. You are teaching your child that their effort and work matter. This means that you are not only telling them that the picture they colored is beautiful, but also noting that you particularly like the shading on the clown on the left. You remind them that they are getting better at staying in the lines of the drawing. You comment that it took a long time to color the whole picture, saying, I'm glad you stuck with it. You see, you're not telling them that they have to be perfect, but that good work takes effort, failure, and trying again. So what does concrete and specific praise sound like? Well, instead of telling them that they are the best soccer player ever, you could say, I can tell you were working really hard today to get the ball down the field, especially in the second half. When they are cleaning their room, don't tell them that they are the most amazing cleaner in the world. Instead, be honest that cleaning their room is hard, but you can tell that even though they got frustrated, they kept going. I can really tell you worked hard on lining up your books, you could say. Instead of telling them that they are so smart, praise them for the extra time and effort that they use to study for the exam. Remind them that our brains are like muscles in a way, requiring effort in order to grow. You see, when you use words that emphasize growth, effort, and concrete and specific praise, children begin to feel more power to succeed. Qualities like smartest or strongest or best represent qualities that one simply has. These qualities are a gift, not something for which one has worked. But concepts such as self-efficacy, having an internal locus of control and resiliency, teach us that children who learn their effort leads to growth are better able to manage adversity. They are better problem solvers because making mistakes and learning are part of the process. So if you do hear comments like, I'm stupid, don't argue with them, because then your child will think of reasons why they really are stupid. Gently remind them that we all make mistakes. I wonder what we can get out of this one, you might say. And remember to give concrete and specific praise so that your child learns that growth is the goal, that life is a process, and that they will learn and fail and learn again. As a note of explanation, I am a clinical social worker 
and I work in a fairly rural area with few clinicians. So if you're a licensed mental health professional like me, it is a place where you can still make a good go of it in private practice. But what that also means is that you will work with a wide variety of people, even more so if you are willing to and competent working with children. For me, I see children, adolescents, and adults, with a few older adults and couples thrown in too. It can make for a fun and varied day in the office. If you're listening to this recording and it's helpful, I'm glad, but um, please know that listening to something like this, while it may be educational and helpful, is no substitute for seeing a clinician. So I hope that you're able to find somebody in your area that, uh, that you feel a good alliance with and can be helpful to you.